we have news about the lockout. Nothing's changed. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Sox. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Today is January 14th, 2022. We finally have news on the lockout. I will be updating you on that today. We also have a Sporkle quiz. If you go to my Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson, and you're early enough, you should see that my latest tweet is about the Sporkle quiz that we'll be doing a little bit later on. We're naming league leaders, White Sox players that have been league leaders. So we're going to do that quiz after we talk about the lockout. And then... Good old buddy, old pal, Jake Berger, is trying to play second base. We're going to hear from him. We're going to hear about some of the great stuff that he's been doing this offseason, and we're going to be talking about his transition to possibly second base. It's a fun show. Again, if you want to call in, we have a Monday mailbag on, you guessed it, Monday, 312-566-8727, or you could write in at LockdownSox at gmail.com. So, you are listening to Lockdown Socks, and the MLB is currently in a lockout. 43 days ago was the last time the MLB and MLBPA sat down until yesterday. Now, before we talk about what happened yesterday, I do just want to let you know where we left off, where the MLBPA and MLB left off. And at their last meeting, this is what the two sides proposed. The MLB proposed that they gradually raise the luxury tax threshold to $220 million by 2026, and if you're wondering what the current threshold is, it's $210 million. So they are proposing to raise the threshold by $10 million over the next four years. The MLB also proposed that any player that reaches the age of 29 and a half will automatically become a free agent. And they also put in a pay-for-play proposal, which is honestly one of the crazier things that they threw out there. And let me explain this to you. And this is from... Evan Drellich and Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic, they wrote, This time, MLB is offering to pay players based on performance, specifically on a calculation of wins above replacement. There are multiple variants of war, but the MLB proposed to rely on Fangraph's version of war. A player's career war would be a part of the calculation weighted for recency. Whether a player has been in the majors for 3+, 4+, or 5-plus years would affect the calculation. And honestly, it's it sounds crazy. It's not that far-fetched. I think it was Kike Hernandez who brought up, and I could be wrong, it could be Walker Bueller. One of those, or none of them, brought up that in arbitration meetings, a lot of times, like some of these fringe, even more fringe than war, fringe statistics are being brought up in arbitration hearings. So this is kind of unique, I think, from the MLB being like, all right, well, if a guy's worth you know, six war over the last two years, well, then then they're going to get paid uh, an X amount. I think that's very interesting because typically how arbitration works is player would say, I want $5 million. The team would say, ah, we think you're worth 3.5. And then a panel would decide which player or which team would win. Would the player get $5 million? Would the player get $3.5 million? 
And now the MLB just wants the nerds to run arbitration. They just want a little a little uh, algorithm to, to figure out how much a player is worth, which I think is at least cutting edge. I, I like the idea of just, you know, instead of going to a panel and I, I picture a courtroom for any arbitration hearing, I'm picturing Judge Judy you know, presiding over all of this. I think I think she might be the queen of arbitration hearings. It does seem very old school that they still do arbitration hearings. So I, I think at least I like the idea of, hey, let's try to change this old, outdated process. The MLB also proposed to eliminate draft pick compensation for free agents. That would be, you know, let's say the White Sox extended a qualifying offer to Carlos Rodon. He declined and then signed with a different team. The White Sox would then get a compensation pick for that. The owners were looking to get rid of that. They also wanted to expand to a 14-team postseason, and the MLB wanted to impose a draft lottery for the top three picks. The MLBPA wanted a luxury tax threshold of $245 million instead of the MLB's proposed $220. The MLB, I don't think, vibed with the pay-for-play arbitration system, so they proposed free agency at five years of service time and age 29 and a half or six years of service time, whichever comes first. The players would also like service time bonus for all-star game selections, awards, etc., i.e., you know, Chris Bryant. He was obviously someone who was manipulated heavy with his service time. He won the Rookie of the Year in his first year. He won the MVP in his second year. So I think they were saying, you know, if this guy's doing this already by year two, you know, this guy should be a free agent and should be able to make whatever type of money. And I agree with that. I mean, Chris Bryant was already the best, you know, one of the best third basemen already at the time by his second year in the MLB. So if the Cubs needed to have a little bit more pressure on them, especially at that time where, all right, this guy is going to become a free agent much sooner than we thought. We're going to have to make him more of a competitive offer extension wise. And you wouldn't have to see what they saw where, you know, they're coming into the season. We're going to give it one more run. Maybe there'll be a fire sale. And then there was the fire sale for the Cubs. So I think they're looking to eliminate teams trying to get away from paying their good players. And then finally, the MLBPA wanted a 12-team postseason instead of the 14 that the MLB proposed. And they wanted a draft lottery, but with a market size component instead of the top three picks just being a part of that lottery. So after 43 days... Where are we? What did these two sides talk about yesterday? And was there any progress made? To answer that question, no progress was made. The MLB did make an economics proposal during the session, and the report from The Athletic's Evan Drellich and ESPN's Jeff Passan gives these details. The MLB wanted to raise the minimum salary and make more money available to Super 2 players. Super 2 players are... Players who face arbitration four times instead of three times. And if you want to understand more about Super 2 players, if you look up explaining arbitration and Super 2 status in the MLB, there is a Reddit article that was written, and it's very, very detailed. But basically, teams want to avoid Super 2 players because that fourth year of arbitration, that just means that there's four more years of this player getting more and more and closer and closer uh, uh, to the amount of money that they'd like to make, right? So if they have four arbitration hearings, they're going to have four different chances to try to increase their salary every single year, where MLB teams just want three years because that's only three years of paying them real money instead of four years. This was my favorite uh, proposal by the MLB. They said draft pick bonuses for teams that do not manipulate the service time of top prospects. And I think it was top 150 prospects. So Let's just use Colson Montgomery as an example. If the White Sox manipulated his service time, 
They wouldn't. He's too young. But we'll use him as an example. If they were to use manipulate his service time this year, then the White Sox wouldn't be penalized or benefited at all. But let's say they hold Andrew Vaughn out, you know, until I think it was April 17th or 18th or 19th or whatever. Then no bonus. But if they called them up on opening day like they had to, then they'd be getting a draft pick bonus. So that's that's something the MLB threw out there. And then finally, the last proposal that was leaked, and this is from uh, Jeff Passan, uh, tweaks to the proposed draft lottery. So there was nothing uh, more in-depth about what they tweaked or what they're looking to tweak with the draft lottery, but that's currently where we stand. And the union, the MLBPA, was not happy with where they stood and was not happy with what the MLB came back with. Right now, I'm not too worried. Baseball is supposed to be coming soon. We are going to be going back to five episodes a week on February 13th. So, yes, we are about a month away from things getting really, really intense. But I don't think that the MLB wants to shorten this season at all. Maybe they'll shorten spring training, but I don't even think they want to lose the revenue on that. I think that you're going to be seeing a more active proposal and back and forth between the MLB and the MLBPA at least by the 25th. I I think by then you will have enough steam where maybe they're already back and forth on three proposals. So I think you'll have at least, you know, the MLBPA responding hopefully by next week. I think that they're eager to get a deal done. And then I think you're probably going to get that third proposal by the owners by the 25th. Hopefully they're getting closer and closer. I know the MLBPA wasn't happy with it, but maybe their counter proposal can make some headway. I know the players really are concerned, or at least they say they're concerned, about competitiveness in the MLB. The proposed draft lottery changes could calm some of their worries with that. Uh, But I think the biggest thing, again, is going to be the luxury tax threshold. There was no proposal at least leaked today. And I wonder if they're at that 220 number uh, to get that luxury tax tax threshold up to 2026 uh, by 220. I wonder if they're at that 220 number, if they're at the, the MLBPA's 245 number. I think that's probably the biggest gap between both parties. I think, you know, obviously whenever money comes involved, that's going to be where things become hairy. And uh, and one thing I am a little bit disconcerned about, or at least uh, worried about, is there's no mention of the CBT uh, floor. Uh, we mentioned before possibly that the MLBPA wanted a floor for the CBT, the competitive balance threshold. There's been no rumors about that. There's been no leaks about that. If there's going to be a floor set for teams, uh, a salary floor set for teams, because if there is, that's going to benefit the White Sox a ton because that's going to make Dallas Keuchel a very valuable uh, trade piece. And I think that, obviously, I've been talking about this the entire offseason. If that floor is put in place, I think they need to take full advantage of it and trade Dallas Keuchel off this team as quick as they possibly can. But... We're again far away between either side coming to an agreement. And I think we're all in agreement that eating healthy can get boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, I'm excited to let you know that Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories. 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. It is the new year, so if you have a New Year's resolution, 
Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. You'll want to eat the coconut almond. You'll want to eat the peanut butter brownie. You'll want to eat the raspberry, cookies and cream, salt and caramel, mint brownie, and many more Built Bar flavors. Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we got all the adult stuff out of the way. No more union talk. It's a Friday. TGIF. It's going to be a good weekend. You're going to have a great time. You're going to go to that thing. It's going to be great. You're not going to have that much anxiety about it. Once you get there, it's not. you're not going to be, you're going to be around your friends, maybe, I don't know, but I hope you have a good time. And I hope you have a good time today because we're going to be doing a Sporkle Quiz. We're going to try to name the Chicago White Sox players who have led the league in the given categories. The given categories are RBI, home run, hits, at-bats, walks, stolen bases, runs, triples, doubles, batting average, wins, strikeouts, inning pitched, saves, and ERA. I'm going to tell you right now, there's 136 names. There's a timer for 15 minutes. We're going to go for... Probably a seven-minute timer, and I will get none of the players from 1915 and before. Great. Got it. Good. We're going to start the clock in three, two, one. Number one, RBI. We're going to start RBI. RBI is the first one. Uh, 1972, 113 RBIs. We already know this. He's the MVP. It's Dick Allen. 2019 and 2020, it's the same person. 123 RBIs and 60 RBIs for the league leader of Jose Abreu. Shout out to Bennett Carroll, who bet in 2021 that Jose Abreu would lead the AL in RBIs. Got really close to uh, to getting there. We're going to home runs now. We got all the RBIs, Dick Allen, Jose Abreu, and oh, Jose Abreu again. Home run, Dick Allen led the league twice in 1972 and 1974. There's two other players. 1915, that player had seven home runs. And then in 1971, that player had 33 home runs. I have no idea who 71 is. We're going to move on. Now, I also mentioned Dick Allen was already filled out for home runs there. Hits, Jose Abreu is already filled out uh, for 2020. He led the league with 76. And now I'm seeing that some of these names are just going to fill out once I add them. So I'm going to go just with names first. Uh, we'll, we'll go with Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas led the league in walks four different times, 1995, 1994, 1992, and 1991. He also led the league in batting average in 97, doubles in 92, runs in 94. And then Tommy Thomas, I got Tommy Thomas uh, in 1927 uh, for innings pitched 307. So all your Tommy Thomas uh, fans out there, you guys finally got a mention. Uh, Tim Anderson, we're going to throw his name out there. He led the league in batting average in 2019. He also led the league in runs in 2020 with 45. I know one of these, we're going to go with triples. We're going to go with the most generic name in the world, Johnson. Lance Johnson, one dog, 91, 92, 93, 94. He led the league in triples. Uh, There's also a name in 2014 for leading the league in triples and in 2018. I have no idea who that is going to be. Uh, I think I can just jump ahead to innings pitch. There's guys in 2004 and 2005. It's got to be the same guy. It's Mark. Burley, he is. We got two for him, 2004, 2005. If you want to know where Mark Burley is on the Hall of Fame uh, ballot, you could search uh, hashtag bust4, that's the number four, Burley on Twitter, and you could uh, see the latest uh, news on here. We're going to go to saves because I see this popping up. 1990. 
uh, was Bobby Thigpen. And then 2001 was Liam Hendricks. Uh, 74, was it Gossage? No, not Goose Gossage. Um, go Bears. Uh, who's 74? Lamar Hoyt. Oh, ah, we got one. Who popped up? Hoy? Uh, 1901. 1901, the leader, the league leader in walks was Dummy, D-U-M-M-Y, Hoy. Dummy Hoy. Shout out to Dummy Hoy. I feel like a Dummy Hoy. Uh, bouncing around again, strikeouts. That's going to be Chris Sale. Uh, yep. Chris Sale, 2015, 274. That was the franchise record. Uh, 2003, 207 strikeouts. This is going to be Esteban Loiza. Yes. 2003, I believe, uh, st- uh, all-star game starter. Because that was in uh, U.S. Cellular. I guess, yeah, U.S. Cellular. So Esteban Loiza was the uh, all-star starter in 2003 and was the leader in strikeouts that year for the American League. Now, I'm going to stolen bases here, and I don't see Scott Podsednik popping up. There was one, uh, there was a guy in 2010 that pops up. He had 68 stolen bags. I have no idea who that is. Juan Pierre? Oh, yeah, it was. Juan Pierre. I got Juan Pierre. Uh, a lot of guys from the 50s. I'm going to try the new Hall of Famer, Mini Mignoso. And, ooh, we got a lot of minis. Uh, shocker, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Mini Mignoso led the American Leagues in doubles in 1957, in triples in 1954 and 56, and he led the American League in stolen bases in 51, 52, and 53. My God. And he led the league in triples in 1960. Holy crap. Uh, bouncing around still walks 2012 105 walks I think that one's gonna be easy Adam Dunn uh, I'm gonna pop in some names here Ray Durham didn't pop up Jose Valentin didn't pop up uh, Paul Canerco probably won't pop up Jim Tomey will he pop up no he won't Jermaine Dye no he won't all right Let's try some Hall of Famers, I guess. Nellie Fox, uh, he popped up a ton. Nellie Fox led the league in hits in 1952, 54, 57, and 58. Led the league in at-bats as well in 52, 55, 56, 59, and 60. Uh, I'm going to type in Shoeless Joe Jackson, too. He popped up for triples 1916 and 1920. Nellie Fox also led the uh, league in triples in 1960, and that looks like the Nellie Fox days right there. Luke Appling wasn't a hitter, but he was apparently. Luke Appling, 1936, he led the league in batting average, but that's, I said he wasn't much of a hitter. I thought he was a defensive guy, and he led the league twice in batting average, so go Bears. Uh, Billy Pierce, Billy Pierce is on here. Billy Pierce, strikeouts for Billy Pierce. He was the leader in the American League in strikeouts in 1953. I do see a guy from 1993 leading the league in wins, and I will go Blackjack McDowell. Yes. I know that Wilbert Wood definitely led the league in innings pitched. He, yes, he did twice, 1972 and 1973. He also led the American League in wins that year. I'll type in Lamar Hoyt because he had the American League lead in wins in 1982 and 1983. Again, shout out to Dummy Hoy who popped up instead of Lamar Hoyt. We have 62 out of 136 so far. We got about two minutes left. Uh, 1915 for home runs, 1971 for home runs, 1907 for at-bats, 1919 for at-bats, 1915, 25, 25, and 96 for walks. Is it Albert Bell? No. Robin Ventura? No. I got to just start thinking of all of the retired numbers. Uh, I haven't done number three, Harold Baines. He's not on that. Louis Aparicio. 
Yes, Louis Aparicio was a base stealer. Forgot about that. 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, and 62. Sorry, Louis Aparicio, I didn't think of you sooner. Uh, we'll try Ted Lyons. Now I'm just trying to think uh, in order here. Uh, yeah, Ted Lyons, 1952, 27, he led the league in wins. Uh, 27 and 30, he led the league in innings, and he led the league in ERA in 1942. We got about 50 seconds left. I know there is one name that I am forgetting on the retired numbers, but Carlton Fisk does not pop up. We have 74 out of 136. If you guys do this as well, please uh, write in and let me know how well you guys did because I, I can't. I can't think right now. We got 30 seconds left. I have no idea where to go. Uh, we got a lot of guys in innings pitched in ERA, but like the, the earliest that's even on there is 67, 67 and 66. About 15 seconds left. Um, mm, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no guesses. Uh, Jake Lamb. Uh, Yomer Sanchez. Hey, Carlos Sanchez. <laughs> there we go. I got it. The buzzer. Nice. I'm getting Yomer at the buzzer. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Bring him back. Bring back Yomer. I think I should be fired for my performance, though. Even though it was, you know, I, I got... Less time than everybody else, you know, 15 minutes compared to my seven and a half. I got 55%. The average score was 52%. Got 75 out of 136. Some of the names I missed, and of course I missed Brago Roth, the guy who hit seven home runs in 1915. Uh, 1971, I should have gotten Bill Melton. He led the American League with 33 home runs. At bats, we missed the names of Jiggs Donahue and Buck Weaver. I'm sorry to Buck Weaver. I should have gotten Buck Weaver. Uh, Walks, 1915, Eddie Collins. That is a big name that I missed there. 1925, it's familiar names like Willie Cam and Johnny Mostel that led the AL in walks. 1996, 125 walks for Tony Phillips. Uh, Doubles, Don Colloway led in 1942. 1945, it was Wally Moses. In 1962, it was Floyd Robinson. In 1979, it was Chet Lemon. I remember Chet Lemon. That name sounds familiar. Then in triples, we had Dixie Walker, Mike Krivich, Wally Moses, Jim Rivera, and good old Adam Eaton in 2014. Did not think Adam Eaton hit 10 doubles and led the American League in 2014. Forgot about that one. Johnny Mostel again pops up for runs in 1925. Frank Isbell, Patsy Doherty, Eddie Collins, Eddie Collins, Eddie Collins, Johnny Mostel, Johnny Mostel, and Jim Rivera are the other stolen base leaders that I missed for wins. Doc White, Ed Walsh, Eddie Seacott twice, and Gary Peters should have gotten Walsh and Seacott. Strikeouts, Ed Walsh again. Frank Smith in 1909. 1911, Ed Walsh again. And an early win in 1958. For innings pitched, missed Ed Walsh four times. Eddie Seacott twice. Missed 1909's Frank Smith. 1922's Red Faber. And 1959's early win again. For saves, I missed, of course, Fritz Dorsch and Turk Laun. And Gary Staley and Terry Forster uh, would not have gotten any of those names uh, for saves. And then for ERA, these are White Sox players that led the American League in ERA. You have Doc White, Ed Walsh twice, Eddie Seacott, Red Faber twice, Thornton Lee, Joe Haynes. This one, I no idea. Saul Rogovin? Hell yes, Saul Rogovin. Frank Bauman, Gary Peters twice. And finally, the last guy I missed in ERAs was 1967's Joe Horland. So I am sorry for that performance. I need to do better.
I guess I can't do better than my current sports book, though, because Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. There's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up at today. Go to betonline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Again, go to the new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, where the game starts. There's always the idea that you're supposed to send people smiling when you're, you're, you're sending them off into the weekend. And I agree with that. And I think we need to share some great news. First off, this is Lockdown Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. I want to talk to you about Jake Berger. He had a fun rookie year. He was called up. He hit a little bit up in, in the big leagues, had a big home run, a big first home run. A lot of fun to watch him, and he's a great kid, went through a lot of injuries, was drafted by the White Sox in the first round, and had a long route to get back to the major leagues, and went through a lot of mental health struggles to get here. He didn't know if he was going to even be able to continue his major league career, might not have ever gotten a shot to uh, even be in the big leagues, and last year was obviously his debut. It was a huge story for the White Sox, if you missed it. Such a heartwarming story, such a heartwarming guy, and he's looking to spread positivity. And one of those ways that he's doing that, you can go to at JakeBurger30 and learn about Burger Bombs. Burger Bombs are the pillars that he lives by, and here are the pillars. You got one, be open. Two, open a book. Three, meditate. Four, break a sweat. And five, set a routine. And hey, I'm all for Jake Burger spreading positivity. I am all for Jake Berger having success in his life, and I'm all for Jake Berger being a White Sox for a very long time. I don't know if that's going to happen, but when a person has a personality like this and such great energy like Jake Berger, when he had made the announcement too, made a little Twitter video, and he's got this big smile on his face, and he went through so much to realize his MLB dreams and the fact that he wants to now start a website focused on mental health awareness. It's such a great endeavor to go down. So shout out to Jake Berger. It's tough to talk about that stuff. And the fact that he's being so open and forward and excited about it it is truly going to make more people open up. And that's exactly what he's looking for. And that's exactly what I think this world needs. So shout out to Jake Berger. But also Jake Berger, in lieu of this, he wanted to go and promote it, obviously. And one way you could promote things is on 670 The Score. Chicago's number one sports radio station. And he was on with Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. And they asked him, like, hey, you guys getting any second base work this offseason? And Jake said, yeah. Jake said that they mentioned that he should be working on some stuff. And he said that he's getting better at his transfers at second base. So I don't know if the White Sox are looking at this as a plan plan. But Jake Berger is definitely working on his second base skills right now during the offseason. And that's the reason why I actually included on him when we were doing the Kyle Schwarber, you know, $10 million left to play budget thing on Monday and Wednesday. One of the players that I just penciled into the lineup was Jake Berger. I understand that 
he might be traded this offseason. It's very possible. But I think that with more practice, he might be all right. I mean, he, he can play third pretty damn well. He, he showed that at the major league level. I know second base is a different monster, but this kid has a drive. This kid has pillars of, of, of ways to succeed. And if he's implementing this through his daily life, you might be able to see Jake Berger with second base flexibility, which would be huge for this team. That's such a big bat. He showed such great potential in AAA last year at Charlotte, but also when he came up to the big leagues, he had an OPS over 800. So it's not like he came up and did nothing. They just came up and they ran out of roster spots. He was coming up for some injuries. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't the time for Jake Berger to become a full-time major league player. But I think that time is coming soon. And, I, and I'm very excited to see what his career holds. He's definitely going to be a player that, if he is traded this offseason, I'm going to follow closely. I'm rooting for Jake Berger's career. And I hope that the White Sox are able to implement him into second base during spring training. And we get a look at Jake Berger because I think that a guy like this, especially with his drive, why wouldn't you want him on a team? It's such a great motivating factor. Seems like such a great clubhouse guy. He gets along well with Gavin Sheets. I'm all for seeing more Jake Berger in 2022. You can check out Jake's website at jakeberger30.com and you can follow him on Twitter, the new endeavor that he has at jakeberger30. That's going to do it for Lockdown Socks. I really appreciate you listening and taking your time to spend your Friday with me. We're going to have a mailbag Monday on Monday. Shocker. Again, thank you for making Lockdown White Socks your first listen each and every day. You can call into the mailbag 312-566-8727, or you can write in at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. Now go make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I'll talk to you on Monday here on Lockdown Socks.